Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We are starting a brand new series today called Don't Give Up. Say, don't give up. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say, don't give up. There you go. Thank you. Hey, I realized this season, you know, uh, like I said, this week was, a, was an interesting, or it's a tough week because we had people that we knew that, um, that passed away. And, and um, you know, it, it happens in life. I mean, it's not just the season we're in, but we know in life we lose family members. We have marriages that, that are struggling at times, relationships. We have people in, sometimes in financial difficulties. And so that's just the nature of life. It's the nature of um, just life. And we know that. There's always going to be these kind of struggles. And so my heart was really heavy at the beginning of the week, praying for you, praying for people. And, and um, you know, just... But just knowing this one thing, I just know this one thing in this season, is that the enemy knows his time is short. I just want you to know that. We have a, we have a spiritual enemy. The Bible says that he knows his time is short. So he tries to, to do whatever he can to discourage us, to, to feed us, and get us into a place where we kind of give up. And, uh, and, and so, but I'm here today just to say, uh, but God. Say, but God. Uh, because he's working behind the scenes. I know sometimes we don't see that, we don't know that, but he's always working behind the scenes. And I believe that God is waiting for the perfect time to display his greatness and his glory. I've said this before, you know, we... We live in a microwave society, but we serve a crockpot God. He likes to simmer. He comes at the very perfect time in order to display his glory so that we really don't get any of it, right? That's what he wants. He, he, he wants to make himself known because we have a tendency of trying to fix things, trying to make things right. And God says, well, let me do it. I'm your papa. I'm your daddy. Let me, let me, let me help you. But um, so, so just, just to let you know, hey, uh, in the situation you're going through, I want to tell you a couple things. God's heart is for you, and his hand is on you. His hand will never leave you, my friends. Don't ever think that God's hand will ever leave you. His hand is on you. Uh, he is with you. You may not see him yet, but listen, in time, you certainly will. If you haven't yet, he promises it. So today, God sends a reminder to all of us, don't give up. 1962, Research scientists published a study of over 400 famous and successful people in an attempt to discover uh, the factors or what, what produced their, the live, their lives to persevere. And the research revealed that virtually all of them had overcome huge obstacles or major difficulties on the way to becoming the people they're called to be. In other words, they responded to their obstacles in a constructive, positive way. And I believe how we respond to obstacles, we all have them, really determines the kind of people we become. It's really how, that's really what that, that, that study is saying. So here's our stable verse today to encourage you, Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. Say just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Come on. So turn to your neighbor and say, don't give up. Because soon, at just the right time, you're going to see God move. You're going to see a harvest of blessing. God promises it. You can take it to the bank. Because I don't know what you've been praying for. I don't know what you've been patiently waiting for in your life, but God sure does. He's about to bless you just because you didn't give up. 
But the reality is this. There are obstacles throughout life, aren't there? Obstacles. We all have them. Something, and, and sometimes someone that gets in the way of our destiny, our dream, our life. And I've noticed that when people go through difficulties, what I've noticed, when people face an obstacle, some see the obstacle as opposition, and some see the obstacle as an opportunity. And I'm praying today that God would change our perspective today. In whatever state you're in, whatever, whatever you've been through in life, that he would change our perspective today when it comes to the obstacle. Because again, I believe how we choose to respond to them determines the kind of people we become. And, and listen, uh, there's a time for mourning. Go through it. Get, get through it. It's, you have to. Like, don't, don't deny your mourning, right? Don't deny it. Just go through it. But God promises something on the earth. He, he promises joy in the morning, right? We can go through the sorrow, but he promises joy in the morning. Years ago, early on in ministry, I uh, met a guy, and he was struggling in, in his life. And we would meet periodically um, throughout the week. And he was always I was trying to help him through. I was trying to encourage him and say, hey, don't give up. Great things are going to happen for you. And we lost his job, and he was struggling in different ways. But this time he came in happy. I'm like, whoa, what's going on today, Joe? And uh, he said, well, I got to share something with you. He said, so I finally got a job. It's not really a job I want. Um, I, uh, I'm also the low man in the totem pole. So basically he's going to get the worst jobs. He's working with a bunch of young guys who have not even half of his experience in life. But he's got he's to do the job that maybe they don't want to do. And so one day, they, or the, the day he showed up, they, said, they gave him literally the worst job you could get. It was walks a vast field and removes the rocks in the scorching heat. I've done that before. Rocks and, and, and um, you know, uh, sticks and, and roots. So he had to do this. And he was like, and they were kind of laughing, like, ha, ha, you got that job. And uh, he says, they were laughing knowing how difficult, monotonous, and seemingly worthless this job would be. But he said, little did they know, I love rocks. He said, when I was younger, I, had, I, I collected rocks. I love to find rocks. I love to wash them off and see what they looked like. He said, it was great. Go figure that Joe loved rocks. You know, he could have been mad. He could have been disappointed. He could have felt worthless. But he saw an opportunity. And that day, he said, every time I found a rock, it was like another surprise. I'd flip it over, I'd spin on it, <laughs> wash it off. And he was amazed at all the different rocks that he found. He found all the good ones he stuck in his pocket. But God gave him joy. Please hear this. God gave him joy in the middle of his situation. You know, the Bible says, count it all joy. <laughs> When you fall into various trials and temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect will so that you'll be complete, lacking nothing. That's what it says. So he's saying, listen, but count it all joy. How many of us, you know, when we fall into a struggle, like, yeah, this is great, God. But he's telling us something here. He's saying, listen, I've got to give you an opportunity. Don't look at this as just, just an opposition. Look at this as an opportunity. Look at this as an opportunity because I'm going to pull something out of this. I'm going to show you something. One author writes, the will to press on is often the difference between failure and success. It's not whether you have failed, we all have, but whether we are content with our failure. So don't give up. The author of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 10, 36. 
Patient endurance is what you need now so that you'll continue to do God's will. Then, look at that. It's almost conditional. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Albert Einstein did not speak until he was four years old and didn't read until he was seven. His teacher described him as mentally slow, unsociable, and adrift forever in his foolish dreams. He was expelled and refused admittance to Zurich Polytechnic School. The prestigious University of Bern turned down his PhD dissertation as being irrelevant and fanciful. Albert Einstein. The movie Star Wars was rejected by every movie studio in Hollywood before 20th Century Fox finally produced it. It went on to be one of the largest grossing movies in film history. They didn't give up. The other day we had a family event and uh, I have a nephew, seven years old, his name's Gus. Dude's a go-getter. Man, even at family events I let him pray. He's like got pastor in him. He's praise, just amazing praise. Seven years old. He went to a water park with his family not too long ago, and, um, and so he came back, and he started, he said, you know what, I want a water park where I live, in Holland or Zealand. There's no water park there. So he started drawing up the plans, seven years old. He had four pages of, of, of a water park that he brought to this family event. Now, another nephew is there, and he was probably about nine years old, and he didn't want anything to do with these plans. Matter of fact, he told Gus, that's not even... That, not going to happen. Can't do it. And so Gus was like kind of trying to be strong and oh, some moments went by and all of a sudden I saw Gus sitting down at the stairs in front of the house and he's just sitting there kind of crying. So I went up to him and put my arm around him and said, hey, what's going on, Gus? He, he wouldn't talk. I said, well, show me what you got there. So he pulls out these pages. Here's, here's the first page. I'm like, dude, I love that. I love that slide. I love everything you're doing about this. And all of a sudden, he started to perk up, and he showed me page two. This, these are the rooms that you'll stay in. And page three, this is the train that goes around. He's starting to perk up because I'm interested in what he's doing. And then he says, you want to invest in it? <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness, seven. I said, 10. That's all I said, 10. I didn't say 10 cents, 10 dollars. I said, I'll go in with 10. He goes, good, because I need help with the shingles when I get there. And, but his, his whole countenance changed when, when I just kind of put my arm on him and I was interested and excited about his plans. And then I told him the story about Colonel Sanders. I said, you know, Colonel Sanders, you know KFC, right? We've all been there. Maybe you haven't. You're missing out if you haven't. Original chicken. And I said, I said KFC went to 1,000 doors and knocked on 1,000 doors till someone opened up the door and said, I'll try that 11 herbs and spices original recipe. 1,000 doors. And I said, Gus, just know this in life. You may not understand this now, but guess what? You're going to hear some no's in life, but don't let that stop you. Don't let that stop your dream. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think we need a water park right there. Don't stop with your dream, your ideas. One author writes, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Think about that. Talent will not, genius will not, education will not. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved so many problems of the human race. I want to show you a great story today of a man who faced enormous opposition but turned it into an opportunity for a miracle. His name is Blind Bartimaeus. We'll refer to him as Bart or Blind Bart. He teaches us so many things 
that help us overcome obstacles in just a short story. So let me read it to you in Mark 10, 46 through 52. It says, Then they came to Jericho, that's Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd. Now as I'm telling you this, you can kind of see the obstacles. Together with a large crowd, they were actually leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, young man, on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Verse 51, what? Do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, duh. <laughs> right, no. He said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I always think of that moment when he said, what do you want me to do for you? And that's going to be a, a question that I want you to think about throughout this message is what do you want him to do for you? And, and obviously I said that because he was blind, right? But, but I think that Sometimes, um, you know, we, we don't even ask the question, right? Or we don't even hear the question, I'm sorry. Jesus today is asking you a question. What do you want me to do for you? He needs to hear it from your own lips, from your own heart. That's where faith comes from, right? So he's, uh, he's, he, God's a genius, right? He's pulling out of Bartimaeus the miracle, Verse 52, he said, go. He said, your faith has healed you. Immediately you received the sight and followed Jesus along the road. This, one, this dude had obstacles. Look how they piled up. I'm just going to go through them. First of all, a large crowd. They were leaving the city. In other words, uh, he was about to miss the bus. Jesus was saying, our job is finished here. Ministry time is over. Let's get some lunch. How about this? He was blind, self-explanatory. His name was Bartimaeus, which is very significant. Bar means son, Timaeus means that was his dad. It even says it. He was the son of Timaeus. Well, what does that mean? That means Bartimaeus more than likely was a firstborn son. And back in the day, when you were a firstborn son, you then carried the family tradition, the family business. You had to go somewhere. And if you didn't, well, I guess you're kind of worthless or have no value. So he felt, he felt that he never measured up. He felt that like never, never met anyone's expectations. That's how Bart felt. He was sitting and begging, hopeless, discouraged, humiliated. And if that wasn't enough, he was rejected and rebuked by the very followers of Jesus. The dude had obstacles. He needed a miracle to get through his obstacles. One author writes, God didn't remove the Red Sea. He parted it. Sometimes we just want God to erase our problems. But remember, he parted the Red Sea. In other words, God doesn't necessarily remove your problems. He makes a way through them. And for Bart, it seemed impossible. But do you hear God? Do you hear what is God saying when I say that? It seemed impossible. You, you know a verse that, that speaks to that? With God? Come on. All things, thank you. Nothing is 
with God, right? Come on. Bart was about to partner with Jesus for a miracle. He was about to step through the obstacles. And, and I believe today God wants to speak to you to help you step through whatever obstacle you're, you're going through, whatever's in front of you right now, and step in your destiny. So how do you do that? I'm glad you asked. Let's start here. Bart, for first thing he did to step through the obstacle is when he heard. Say, when he heard. Congratulations, you are here to hear. Church, the word, his presence, worship are all ways that God can heighten your hearing and increase your faith. Faith happens in your ears, in your spiritual ears, in a spiritual environment. I think many times, many of us have a hard time possibly hearing from God, but if we look at the environment we're in, if we look at what we're putting in our ears or watching with our eyes, you might just find that there could be roadblocks or obstacles to your hearing or seeing God. Listen, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not here waking up every morning watching the news. I don't need to. What I need to do is find out what God says. Listen, you don't need my opinion. You don't. You do not need my political view. What you need is God's word. You need what he says, right? When you, when, you are, when you are in your last days taking your last breath, it's not gonna matter who I voted for. What matters is what God says about you and God says about your circumstance. That's all that's gonna matter. That's it. And when he heard is when this whole thing started to go in the right direction. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It was when Bart heard something that his obstacle began to disappear. And this is what I say to you today. We got to hear from God concerning your situation today. Look at Mark 10, 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And that's something that he heard was the truth. Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the life he heard that Jesus was a healer. He heard that Jesus was a miracle worker. He heard that Jesus was a deliverer. Here's a question. How's your hearing when I mentioned that? What do you hear when the name of Jesus is spoken? Do you hear truth? Do you hear conquer? Do you hear mighty warrior? Do you hear healer? Or if you believe the lie of the enemy that says, oh, it's impossible. That'll never happen. That'll never change. That relationship can never be restored. You'll never be free. Well, that's not God's voice. God never says never when it pertains to his word. Do you hear that? Never is not in his vocabulary regarding his promises. For all of the promises are yes and amen. But I'll tell you, the enemy's really sneaky. He's not dumb. He's sneaky at twisting the truth. Trying to, trying to lie to us so that we give up. I said this first service, I, I was thinking, you know, we pray, whenever I pray for someone, and at first of all, I ask them what they want. And if they want, if they need a financial uh, breakthrough, I'm praying for that. If they need, if they want healing for the body, I'm praying for that. Sometimes they want their loved one to pass on because they're suffering. I pray for that. I pray whatever they want. That's why Jesus said, what do you want? For, what do you want? It's just, what do you want? I'll pray for that, right? Um, and I remember one time I got a call from uh, 
Grand Rapids, I was in Ionia at the time, it was about a 45-minute drive to, uh, I got a call from someone in the hospital that their daughter had gotten in an accident, she's in a coma, and they wanted someone from church to pray, and I, they didn't know me, I didn't, they just called a random church, and I said, I'm, I'm on the way, and so I remember getting in the car, and I was praying in the spirit, I was charged up, I was confessing the word, I said, man, when I get there, Lord, she's going to rise up, she's going to be healed, I believe other people are going to get healed, I'm, I'm seeing this in my mind, this is going to be an amazing time! So I get there, we get in, in, into the room, and obviously the, uh, the family is crying and weeping and frantic, and, and it was just a very tough environment. So I kind of did the best I could. I forged my way through. I said, let's just pray together. So we prayed together, prayed for healing over her. I said, Lord, uh, bless her. All the things I knew how to pray. Well, I left that place, and two days later, I found out that she died. I found out that she passed on. And I'll tell you something, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I know I, for sure I felt like, God, you're going to do a miracle here. And I prayed, and it didn't happen. And this is what I said. Young in ministry, I said, I'm not doing that again. If anybody asks me to pray for healing, I'm going to let somebody else do it. I'm not doing it. That's why I said, I'm not doing it. And the whole week, I was just in a funk. Staff meeting, I, just, I didn't, have, didn't have much to say. Just sad. Just sad. I felt bad for the family. felt bad for her. Just sad. Young girl. So I get to Sunday... I'm leading worship at the time, and I'm going through the worship set, praising God, right, <laughs> and uh, struggling, and the Lord says, um, Dan, I want you to pray for healing today. I said, that's not going to happen, as I went through the next song, and I heard him, his gentle voice, hey, Dan, I really want you to pray for healing today for, for, your church, for the church. I said, I'm not, no, not going to do it. Get somebody else, not me, somebody else, and I remember as I'm ending the last song, the Lord gently but firmly probably said my last name to Daniel Lee Klotz, <laughs> my son. I would like you to pray today for healing for people. So I, I said, Pastor John, he was about to preach, by the way. I said, I know we only got about five minutes, but apparently God wants me to pray for healing. That's all I said. He goes, well, go ahead. You got about five minutes. <laughs> so, and I said that the entire altar was flooded with people, just flooded because they wanted healing for different parts of their lives. And I said, oh my goodness, I got five minutes. Nobody's helping me. Like, I'm saying, hello, help me out here. Nobody's just, just sitting there. And so I said, I got five minutes. So I just went down the line. I said, be healed in Jesus' name. Jesus is alive. Anything, any word I could remember, God loves you, whatever. And, and I, I went through all those people, touched every single person, and I just prayed healing. And I sat down, I said, that stunk. That didn't work. Really, God? I didn't do that right? It was too fast? How in the world could you even move through that? And all of a sudden, I get a tap on my shoulder from the person next to me. She goes, oh, my goodness. Tears rise. My foot's healed. My foot's healed. She goes, for five years, my foot has been in pain. I've taken Tylenol throughout the day. My, my foot is healed. She takes it. She's like, whoa. I said, really? That actually worked? I didn't even do that right. So I'm not the healer, you guys. I'm not the healer. I just need to be obedient. And subsequently, multiple people that day said my shoulder got healed. God touched many people that day, and I didn't want to do it. I wanted to give up. I wanted to quit. And this is what I learned from that thing. Dan, don't quit. Don't ever quit. Even though your circumstance doesn't line up with what you wanted to happen, never stop praying what God promises. Never stop praying his promises. Never quit when it comes to what God says. 
Hope that encourages someone today. See, here's what he says. I will be with you. I am with you. I will protect you. I'll be your strength. I will be your mighty fortress. I will answer you. I will provide for you. I'll give you peace. I'll always love you. I will never leave you. Are you hearing that? If so, your faith is increasing right now and your obstacle is disappearing. I think it's interesting that, that, that Bart was blind and that his hearing was probably heightened because of it. It's actually a benefit to Bart. See, I think many times you've got to close your eyes to hear. Come on. You've got to close your eyes to hear. You've got to close your eyes to the mountain that's in front of you. You've got to close your eyes to the Goliath that's been standing in your way and listen for God's voice and hear the truth. That's what Bart did. Stepped through his obstacle. When he heard, right? You're in a great place. Way to go. Congratulations. Came to church. I'm in an environment. You can do that Monday morning. You can do it all the way through the week. Just get in an environment. Lift up your hands. Take your cell phone. Leave it outside the room and get in there. Lift up your hands. Say, God, speak. Open up your Bible. Come on. God will speak to you. You'll hear something. Your faith will grow. And he stepped through his obstacle. Obstacle number two, listen, when he shouted, this is so important. See, Bart wanted it bad. He was even willing to lose his vocal cords for Jesus to hear. I say, I always tell people, whenever you're going through something tough, whenever you're in an obstacle in your life, pray this prayer, whatever it takes. Say whatever it takes. It's the most dangerous prayer you'll pray. Whatever it takes, God, I don't care. Whatever it takes, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will go wherever you want me to go. God, I will run through. I, whatever, God, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You'll discover your destiny when you pray that. Mark 10, 47 through 48. Look, it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, look, it, he began to shout. Say, shout. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, and he shouted all the more. I love that. Son of David, have mercy on me. How bad do I want it? How bad do you want it? Bart wanted it bad. It was clear. See, your shout, your shriek will move the hand of God. Devil just wants to shut your mouth. If he can shut your mouth, he can stop you in your tracks. But there's something about shouting The walls came down with a shout. Remember that in Jericho? Every time a nation, a family, a person cried out to God in that way, God came to the rescue. How bad do you want it? How bad do I want it? Bart wanted it bad. But let me just show you something. He actually wanted something more. He wanted Jesus. I can prove this to you right now. He didn't just want healing. He wanted Jesus. He wanted Jesus. Because there was something that caught Jesus' attention and it was this phrase, son of David, have mercy on me. See, you know what that is? That's a nickname. That's one of Jesus' nicknames. He was shouting one of his nicknames. Nicknames make it personal. I bet you all have a nickname in here. I had about three or four of them. Being vulnerable right now, I'm going to open myself up. You can laugh all you want, but the first nickname they got, because I'm about five foot nothing as a sophomore in high school, five foot nothing, and they called me Peeny. Whatever, Renessa. Because they didn't want to say puny, right? That, that, this, this peeny. What's up, peeny? I'm like, I didn't like it. I did not like it. 
The other one they called me was blood clots. <laughs> Didn't like that one either. So they settled for Clotta. Clotta, what's up, Clotta? I liked that. that was fine. That was, that was okay. So that whenever there was a large crowd, whenever someone wanted to get my attention, if they said, Dan, well, you might get five or six people turning their heads that are Dan's in that large crowd. But when they said, Peeny, <laughs> blood clots or Clotta, I'm like, what? That's me. You got my attention, right? Because only a few people knew that. See, most people that day were saying, Jesus, Jesus. Man, you know, sometimes Jesus' name is so common that we just, doesn't have any power in our lives anymore, right? Sometimes people use it as a, in a different way. They're also saying, heal me, deliver me. They weren't even saying his name. But Bart comes along and says, son of David. And all of a sudden Jesus said, huh? You just said my nickname. And because of that, it's, it's not how loud he shouted, it was what he said that mattered, that caught Jesus' attention. It was in that moment that Bart was saying, I know you, I heard about you, I believe what the prophet said about you, that you are the Messiah, I believe that you're the son of David. You remember this verse in Isaiah 16, 5. In love, a throne will be established. In faithfulness, a man will sit on it. One from the house of David. One who in judging seeks justice and speeds the cause of righteousness. And how about this one in Jeremiah 23, 5. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. This is what he'll do. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. If there's ever a guy who needed someone to stand up for him, someone to help him, someone who cared, it was Bart. And he needed Jesus, yes, but he needed the son of David. Touch the heart of God. Here's my question. Do you want to know Jesus in a closer, more intimate way? Would you be okay with leaning your head on his chest? Would you be okay with letting Jesus wash your feet? Now think about it. In public, even kissing your cheek, holding you close. That's what Bart did. He got past that obstacle when he shouted. And, and we're almost done. Hang tight. He got past the obstacle when he stripped. It was one of those churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me show you what that means. Bart was willing to go to the next level. This was a very critical moment. Some of you, I need you to hear this today because this could be their moment of, of breaking through your obstacle. He stripped. Mark 10, 50, throwing his cloak aside. See that? Throwing his, what, what's up with that? Why'd you do that? What's the significance? Well, we know that the cloak many times represented the divine call. It was for Elijah. It also represented forgiveness and restoration. It sure was for the prodigal son. It also rep represented passion and power for Jesus. But for Bartimaeus, it represented his crummy life, his messed up identity, his shame, the rejection, the hurtful words, the deep wounds, the discouragement and despair, the agony of defeat. So he threw it aside. No more, he said. And I think today, 
Maybe you're here and you think, I've been wearing this dirty cloak. I've been wearing the shame of life. I've been wearing the pain of life. And God says, would you be willing to strip it off? Strip it off, throw it, throw it aside? Bartimaeus did. See, others may remind you of your past. Others may still remember your mistakes, but God doesn't. Strip off that cloak, come on. Strip off that cloak, say strip off that cloak. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares, strip off that cloak on him because he cares for you. Your struggles, your problems, your mistakes, your wounds, on him, he can handle it. He went to the cross, he took it all. See, he might have said you're not smart enough. They might have said you're not talented enough. They might have said you're not strong enough, but God doesn't say that. Strip off that cloak. Strip off the past, strip off the lies, strip off the pain. You're not a victim, you are a victor. Strip off that cloak. You're loved, you're forgiven, you're free. Let him put a new cloak on you. You have all wisdom in the Holy Spirit. Let him clothe you with your God-given abilities. Let him give you your God-given authority. You're more than a conqueror. Strip off that old cloak. This is how I want to finish. He stripped off the cloak, and then the Bible says he jumped up. But if you want to go over, get past your obstacle, you got to stand up. You got to jump up. Just stand up for a moment. See how it feels. You can jump up if you want. Some of you got some jumpers in here? Okay, there you go. There you go. Thank you, Vanessa. Got some jumpers right there, right? There's, there's power in that. You know, sometimes you walk through your obstacles. Sometimes you, you walk around them, but sometimes you walk, but sometimes you jump over those things, right? You got to jump. And in this moment, he threw his cloak aside. He said, enough is enough. I'm out of here. He took it to the next level. Coaches often say to their players, leave nothing on the field. Give everything you got. Bart was going for it. Mark 10, 50, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. He wasn't going to let lazy get in the way. He wasn't going to care what people think. Come on, man. Come on. He was not going to care. And if there's one thing that keeps people from jumping, it's the fear of man. I would jump off this right now, but my knees are old. Like if you, if you knew where I came from, if you knew the the, the conservative nature in me. I wouldn't even be up here preaching the gospel. But, but Jesus, Jesus taught me how to throw my cloak aside. My, that, that identity that people put on me, come on. No, throw it aside. Strip it off and jump to your feet. Stand tall, stand firm. See, some of you just might have to go home today, close the door, and start jumping. <laughs> because that's the only way you're going to get through that obstacle. Come on. That's the only way. Jump. Isn't there a song there? Everybody now, jump. <laughs> I don't know what that was. And this is what God wants to ask you today. Look at When you stand to your feet, God's going to ask you one question, Mark 10, 51, 52. Here it is. What do you want me to do for you? That's it. God's asking, God's asking you this question. What do you want me to do for you? Is your marriage in trouble? Do you need financial breakthrough? Do, are you struggling in your soul? 
Are you sick and tired? Are you struggling with a generational stronghold that keeps attacking you over and over again? Listen, I don't know what you want, but Jesus needs to hear it from your own mouth and your own heart. If not, then you're, it's kind of pride. It's like, I don't, I don't need any help from people. I don't, need, I don't need any help. Come on, we all need help. We all have to depend on Jesus. But what do you want? What do you want? Can you take your hands and do this for a moment? Can you just, just receive God? Can you just, can you just tell God what you need? The Bible says, let your requests be made known to God. Tell God what you need. Just tell him, come on. He already knows, but he wants to hear it from your mouth. He want, and you know what? If it looks impossible, great. That's exactly the prayer he wants is the impossible prayer, the impossible situation. That's what he wants to hear. God, it looks impossible. Lord, this is what I want. This is what I want. And lastly, Bart stepped over his obstacle when he stood, but he also stepped over his final one when he went. I love it that Jesus didn't say, hey, come closer. Or let me, let me put some, let me spit in the mud and put it in your eyes. The old, Jesus never laid hands on him. It's crazy. He just said, go. Say go. Now this is what I want you to do. The thing that you just asked for, the thing that seems impossible, I want you to, in a moment, I want you to go out these doors and believe it and receive it. I don't want you doubting. I want to say, you know what, Lord? I know this is what I want. I know it lines up with your word. And I want you to leave thinking, it's going to happen. Come on. Because God said it. Just go. There's, there's so much power in going. God will make you whole as you go. God will answer your prayer as you go. We see that in the Bible. So step over your obstacle. It may be more than a bump in the road, but it's just a lie of the enemy. Don't let it stop you. You may have fallen, but get right back up. Get back up. A righteous person falls seven times, but gets back up. Your single defeat is not your final defeat. Step through it. Step over it. Shout his name in the middle of your trial. When you're in trouble, strip off the old life, the old self, the old identity. Stand up. Stand tall. Jump to your feet and go and fulfill your God-given destiny in Jesus' name. I love that God still takes the worst and makes it the best. I love it that God still takes the ruined person and makes them a world changer. I love it that God takes great sinners and makes them great saints. Aren't you glad for that? Oh, man. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Woo! Listen. Say, don't stop. Or don't give up. I'm sorry. Don't give up. That's, my, that's right. Don't give up, right? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up, you guys. Don't give up. You're so close to your blessing. You're so close to that miracle. Don't give up. Lord, I thank you, God, today. I thank you for your presence today, your power, God. I thank you that you're infusing in us the same spirit, Jesus, that you had when you set your face like flint towards the cross. You didn't give up. You weren't distracted. You weren't deceived. You went for that, and you obtained the greatest blessing of all us, your children. God, thank you that we have the same spirit. We have it, God. Now let us walk it out. And every prayer that was prayed, every promise that we're believing, God, I pray that you'd fulfill it. I pray that we would see it unfold at just the right time, God, and we would give you glory for it. If you're here today, you've never given your heart to Jesus, and you would like to, pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, 
I come to you in Jesus' name and I give you my heart. I open up the door of my heart and let you in. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, forgiving me, taking my mistakes and bringing victory in my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.